Hurt mentalists, no time for a silly interview this week. When you listen to the work that's gone into this episode, hopefully you'll understand the time constraints. Quick update, currently the show is at almost one quarter of the goal with monthly tithers. I'd like to keep the show free for those who can't afford to contribute to the herd, as herd wisdom should be freely accessible. If you can, however, afford 2 5 or $10 a month, please head to herdmentalitypodcast.com and click the support tab to set up a small monthly micropayment to help make this sustainable. 10% goes to kiva.org to help women in developing countries lift their education. I'd like to read you an email I received from this week's guest, Bernard Gaynor, after we recorded. Hello, Adam. I've listened in and I'm very happy. You've done a good job of removing the ums and ahs. I'm sorry about the sound quality at my end. I would love to keep debating you over time. I'd be interested to know what your response to this question is. During the interview, we spoke briefly about the burqa and Saudi culture. You believe that a decision, Ari the burqa, should be made on the assessment about what is better for a society. But why is that a reasonable basis for making a decision? If there is no objective truth and all things are subjective, couldn't another person argue just as rationally, logically and with as much validity that the decision should be made for a different reason entirely, the best interest of themselves personally, which is a factor that could be considered logical, or, even for some random illogical reason, such as whatever makes the most butterflies. Also, who is the authority to make the decision about what is in the best interests of society? Why is your assessment better than mine? Or why is mine better than yours? In fact, in a world of subjective morality rather than objective morality, why should any person be forced to accept the view of others on any issue? I'm not saying that atheists do not have a sense of morality, but if there is no God, then they are only moral by their own standards. They are not actually moral by any objective standards, and neither is anyone else. And if all standards are subjective, then all are good or bad, not based on the truth, but only on the view of the beholder. This means any action can be good or bad at the same time. In a subjective world, couldn't we both be right and wrong at the same time? More importantly, what does it matter? In 80 years, both sides of the argument will be dead. It will be gone and of no consequence to anyone. So in the long view... Whatever decision is made is meaningless. It has no impact on good or bad, except for what counted at the time of the decision and the whim of the decision maker. All the best, Bernard. So rather than respond myself, I'm heard sourcing responses. Record your response to the interview or this email and send it to me at adam at herdmentalitypodcast.com to be included in next week's show. Please keep it under a minute. Top five responses will make the show. Now, onwards and upwards. Take care, everyone, and enjoy the pagan season. Welcome to The Herd Mentality, an eclectic weekly mix of atheistic and humanistic conversations with complete strangers. I've never met them and they've never met me, but we're throwing caution to the wind, taking a risk with a dodgy internet connection, and God willing, get an interesting conversation for you to listen to. I'm your host, Questionable Adam, at Adam Reeks on Twitter, and it's time to meet our guests. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Herd Mentality Podcast. With me today, very special guest, Mr. Bernard Gaynor from Queensland. How are you, sir? Not too bad, Adam. Thank you for having me on the show. And I guess, considering it's season, I wish you a very Merry Christmas at the outset. Well, thank you. I, I wish you, a, <laughs> in reverse, I wish you a very Merry Pagan Ritual. <laughs> <laughs> now, tell me okay. a little bit about yourself. I understand you're an Iraq veteran. Uh, yes, I left school. I went straight into the Army. Uh, I was still in the Army Reserve while I was finishing Year 12. And uh, I spent 16 years in the military, went to Iraq three times. Uh, I was an intelligence officer. And it was a job that I certainly enjoyed, loved a, a great deal out of the army, and I would recommend it, especially to young blokes. It is a job I think tailored to young blokes. Once you start getting a bit older, it does become a bit difficult. It's a young person's game. 
Yeah, I understand that. With you know, with a family, it's hard work. It is, especially moving around. Although when our children were younger, that wasn't too difficult. But we got to see a lot of Australia that I don't think we would have otherwise. So that was fantastic. Yeah, good. It's a country worth travelling. Certainly is. And I understand also you've dabbled in politics. Uh, yeah, so I got out of the army to uh, get into the political fray. I focused on minor parties because I feel like I can express myself a lot better in minor parties without the constraints of towing the line. Yeah, so I've enjoyed that and certainly there's some things I'm very passionate about. Are you currently a member of a political party? Yes, I am the State Secretary for Family First in Queensland. Rightio, what are your goals? Well, politically, I, I want to uh, see policies put in place that really protect family values. Families are a critical element of society and families break down. There is no amount of money that government can spend to fix the problem. When you have strong families, you have strong society. Very well. Well, we'll touch upon that because I have a suspicion that our views differ greatly, (laughs) especially when it comes to um, the views of homosexuality and and abortion. So let's jump straight in the deep end, shall we? Uh I wanted to ask you, why is homosexuality wrong? Yeah, so I've got a Catholic background, a Catholic understanding of these things. The the purpose of sex is to create life. That's that's his aim, that's his goal while we have it, and homosexuality perverts that. It is not designed to create life, uh, and it's a perversion of the sexual act. So, and in a nutshell, that's why homosexuality is wrong. As simple as that? Simple as that. Are people born homosexual? That's a good question. I think some people certainly are born with inclinations that way. Also, I think very much that it is a behaviour that can be developed over time. Hmm. And it's ungodly? Does it go against what God wants? Yeah, it certainly does. A more fundamental question then is homosexuality wrong is does God exist, which probably won't solve in this episode. But if you believe in God, uh, if you believe in objective good that flows from that... In your view, homosexuality is clearly wrong. It's very clear-cut. It shouldn't be done. That's correct. Yep, pretty simple. Do you know about my history at all? No, I don't. I was the first student from Australia to go and live overseas in France with a gay host family. So I had two host fathers. For a year. Okay. I was curious as to your thoughts on whether or not you see that as being sinful. No, I don't see that as being sinful at all. Um, I think two men can live together without committing any sin whatsoever. It happens all the time. Two brothers, two mates, there's nothing wrong with that. And there is nothing wrong with two men who love each other deeply, care for each other deeply, living together. It's when they misuse the sexual act, that is when it becomes sinful. Now, if someone else was to live with two homosexuals and not engage in homosexual behaviour, then I don't see why that is necessarily sinful in itself. Mm. It was never um, it was never implied. I never knew anything of it. The fact was that they were fantastic role models and contributed greatly towards my education. So having spent a year under the influence, if you will, I came out a better person. Okay, but didn't you just say that you weren't aware of it? Oh, no, I knew that they were homosexual. That was never concealed. I mean, that, that was part of the, the, the sales pitch of, of the, uh, the application. What I'm talking about is the act. Yes. What was behind closed doors was kept private. It uh-huh. never affected anybody else. Well, look, I, the, the fact that these two men gave you an opportunity to study in France, that in itself is not wrong, and I wouldn't condemn them from doing that at all. That's a good thing. That doesn't take away from the fact that homosexual acts of intrinsically evil and uh they've engaged in that Hmm. uh they publicize that as well but they don't publicize it well they do because you said that you knew about it was i i knew the homosexuals and and what goes on as i said behind closed doors is none of my business i had no interest in it 
Still don't. <laughs> they, they obviously publicised it and they obviously promoted it. That That is not a good thing. But they didn't. See, all it was what? on the application was these are two men who have been in a relationship for 30 years and they're prepared to accept a student for a year to assist them in learning about another country's culture. They weren't walking down the street kissing each other. It was never shouted from rooftops. Well, the fact that they're publicly homosexual means that they're comfortable promoting that in public. That's the fact. Um, Whether they kiss in public or or not is a different thing. They're known to be openly homosexual. So what's the issue with being homosexual? Is it only your religious views? Well, if there is no God, and if there is no truth in religion, then there is nothing that says homosexuality is wrong. I think it's pretty clear that God exists. You, You probably disagree with that. Vehemently. But there is also a thing called the natural law. It's based on what is naturally good. Mm-hmm. Uh, homosexual relationships do not fit in with the natural order. And they yet- are a perversion of the purpose of sex, and they do not contribute to society in a way that heterosexual relationships do. Their homosexual relationship contributed to my life in ways that I couldn't measure. Well, the fact that they helped you learn about France contributed to your life. Their homosexuality probably had nothing to do with that. Well, um, no, I d- see, again, I disagree. I went into this situation coming from a high school in Australia where homosexuality was looked down upon. Calling somebody gay was a slur. It had connotations. that w- Saying the word gay had meaning. It carried additional weight with it. Now, this is where I came from. Now, spending time with them I, it opened up my eyes to a whole other world where people can love each other and it not have a negative impact on society. In fact, I, I would state that it's it's rather positive. Is there anything else you wanted to elaborate upon there? Look, I'll put it to you. What, what is a good thing that comes out of homosexuality? Oh, divergence of culture. Divergence of culture. Yeah. That's the, the, best, the best thing, you think? Allowing people to live their lives without harming others, I think, is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd so, say that's a good thing as well. I, see, I, I'm not disgusted by the idea of you and your partner procreating and, and engaging in whatever in the same way that I'd spend no time thinking about what two men get up to. So it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. Well, let, let's explore this concept of homosexuality and not harming others. Okay. Uh, first of all, you have the, the act itself, mm-hmm. of sodomy. You have well known for a long time that HIV affects the homosexual population to a much greater extent than the rest of society. Uh, no, 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 before we go on from that, homosexuality isn't intrinsically tied with HIV. Uh, well, homosexuality hates to spread it. But um, so, so does straight sex, but what's your point? Yeah, but no, straight sex does not spread HIV in the same virulent way that homosexual sex does. Incorrect. Sorry? Hey. I disagree. Where's well, the study? What, upon what basis do you make that statement? I, but I make, make it on the basis of the medical evidence. Which is? Uh, well, how about you start going and having a look at some of the, the medical reports? But no, no, no. Uh, you, ma- you made the statement. That, well, that's right. I'm making it on the basis of medical evidence. Homosexual acts, let's face it, it's a lot rougher. It's in an area of the body that tears a lot easier. And there's quite often blood involved. Oh, come so, on. So homosexual sex come is inherently on. more dangerous than <laughs> heterosexual sex. Mm. Um I disagree. Well, you should start talking to some doctors about this. If we're interested in helping other people and not hurting other people, then that certainly is something that should not be hidden uh, or shunned away or something we don't talk about because it's the truth. 
Okay, um, everything you described there also takes place in heterosexual sex. Not to the same extent, in any way, shape, but, or form. But again, you've made a statement there that isn't backed up, and telling me to go and speak with the doctors about this without citing evidence doesn't provide any additional strength to the, the point. Well, look, I'm, I'm the one that's happy to accept the word of doctors about this. But which doctors and in which peer-reviewed studies? Uh, well, we could sit on Google all day and go over this. It'd be quite easy for me to sit down and, and start dragging up documents. Mm -hmm. um, well, I'll tell you what. When you have a study, and I've got plenty of scientists who listen to this show, send me through the study. I'll have you back on the show, and we can discuss it. Discuss that particular to topic that. then. Yeah. All right. What was another point you wanted to discuss? Again, looking at a society that doesn't hurt other people. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at the gay movements right in Australia, for instance, it has become so powerful that it is affecting other people. And now I don't want to make this about myself, but the truth is, in the military, you cannot say anymore that you don't support same-sex marriage. Same-sex marriage isn't even legal anywhere in Australia except the ACT, and it may only be there for two more days. But you cannot, in the military, say you don't support same-sex marriage. That military personnel can put their uniform on and go and march down Oxford Street in a rally that has in its constitution a political aim and goal. So there are different rules for different people. So, but, uh, so what, no, why does this make you angry? Because my rights and the rights of any person that doesn't support same-sex marriage in the military is being infringed. One group can say they support it in their uniform. Another group can't even say they disagree with it in their own home. So the issue is that people are getting rights, and those rights are rights no, no, that you disagree with. the issue is that rights are being taken away. How have you lost out in that? Because I can't... I can no longer serve in the military. I can't even go to work because I don't support same-sex marriage. So, no, no, so they've, now, they've, they've made ago, it... They've... That was not the case. Okay, I won't... I apologise for speaking over you. That was not my intention. No, that's all right. The, but don't, uh... you, don't you see, if it was a level, fair playing field and some people supported same-sex marriage in the army, they'd be free to say it, and other people who didn't support it would be free to say it as well. But it's not a level, fair playing field. Only one group can state their support, and they can do it in uniform. The other group can't even say it in the privacy of their own home. So it's made it harder for you to criticise somebody else's rights? Well, there is no right to same-sex marriage anywhere in Australia except the ACT, okay. and that may well be extinguished in two days' time. May, um, may, may well be, but the global trend suggests otherwise. Well, the global trend also suggests that when you legislate for same-sex marriage rights, you legislate to take away rights from other people. For instance, in England, there are now uh, legal cases underway to force churches to marry same-sex people. Now, that is infringing on the religious rights and beliefs of other people. Right. I don't see how you can fail to see that, but it's black and white. If I'm entitled to my religious belief and I can no longer practice it, then my rights have been taken away. But it's removing bigotry? I don't the... think it's removing bigotry at all when some people can no longer practice their religion in public anymore. That's enforcing bigotry. Well, okay, practising your religion in public, this is... Okay, I, I take your previous point. I'll ask you this question. You're a big proponent of having more Christianity in the army, correct? I am Catholic. I'm a big proponent of Catholics being able to practice their faith in the army. Okay. What are your thoughts on, say, Australian-born Islamists being able to practice in the Australian army? Well, one of the things I like about your show, Adam, is that it doesn't hide away from questioning religion. All religions are an idea. 
even Catholicism, it's an idea. No idea should not be questioned. Right. There is no idea that is above questioning. So when it comes to talking about Catholicism and Islam, for instance, the worst thing you can do is say they're both the same. Because what you're doing is saying we're not going to question either of them. So you need to look at the ideas that are proposed and determine whether they're good ideas or bad ideas. And based on whether they're good or bad is whether you determine whether to support them or not. See, um, I'd, go, I'd go one step further and say which one has the basis for being evidenced. You know, what, what can we demonstrate actually is real. If there was a Christian God and not a Muslim God because he came down and he spoke to people and everyone was able to write down exactly the same experience, then we'd begin to have some sort of knowledge of data where we could say, yes, there's a this is real. But we don't have that. And my feeling looking in on this is that you're preferring one religion over another, whereas a secular point of view would say it doesn't matter. No religion can come in. Having religion involved in politics and army and so forth, I think is a terrible idea. Well, have you ever served in the army before? No. Okay, well, I'll tell you why it's not a terrible idea and why it's a fantastic idea. When you go to war, you put yourself in a position where you might lose your life. Now, for someone like you who doesn't believe in God, you might think that there's nothing afterwards, so it doesn't matter. But there are lots of people in the military, just like the vast majority of people in Australian society, who are Christians. They do believe in something after, and Christians, Catholics, have religious practices that help them prepare for their next life. Now, what you're suggesting is that you have a military where people who believe in the next life uh, and who are put in a position where they may well face it today or tomorrow or the next time they go out um, are not allowed to prepare for that. Now, if you want to have a military that's effective where soldiers are prepared and in the mental state to do their job, telling them not to think about death, which is what you say when you take religion out of the military, is not a very good way of doing it, of going about that. Now, my great-uncle, for instance, he died in World War One. He was on work... Well, my father's actually done a fair bit of history. He, he was sniped at the Battle of Brunsing on the 4th of October 1917. Now, before that battle, he went to Mass and went to confession, and he was prepared to meet his maker. You take religion out of the military, what you're saying is that people who join the army are going to be given no opportunity to meet their maker. And that's not a very good thing. Okay. We appreciate your point of view. I had on this show, in episode 17, three serving, uh, sorry, four uh, ex and currently serving uh, U.S. Army personnel. Mm -hmm. One of them came on, and this was one of the reasons he solidified his position on atheism. His name was, or his Twitter handle at least, is at Zone Coverage of Three. And he said, when I arrived there, the people who were most uh, enthusiastic about going and killing somebody who believed in a different god were the Christians. And I, I feel what, what was implied there is that an atheist doesn't ha necessarily have anything to live for because we don't believe in an afterlife. I disagree. Well, that's, that's not what I was saying. Okay. Well, I didn't mean it that way. Please clarify. Oh, yeah, so what, what I meant was that if, it, if you're put in a position where you face death, an atheist, I'm guessing here, an atheist might think, well, I don't want to die. I've got plenty to live for, but if I die, that's it. Whereas a Christian would say, well, I want to live as well. But if I die, I'm going to meet my maker and I need to be prepared for that. That's what I meant. Yeah. Okay, so of the two, having heard your explanation there, which one's going to make the best decisions for them and the people around them and the potential victims? Uh, well, I, I don't think that's a very good question, really. Um, the one who will make the best decisions is the one who has the best understanding of the battlefield, the best understanding of the enemy, the best understanding of their own mission and objectives. That's the one that will make the best decisions. Mm-hmm. But I would just go off on a tangent here. Mm. 
there is a very logical just war theory that has come out of Christianity. And I, and I'm certainly happy to, to be shown one, have not seen any logical just war theory that comes out of an atheistic belief, apart from one that says our side is right, therefore whatever we do to make our side win is justified. Can you give me an example? Well, no, I can't, because there is no example of just war theory from an atheistic point of view. Sorry, the just war theory? Yes. Elaborate. Okay, so just war theory from a Catholic perspective, uh, and without a very long detailed discussion, will say that you cannot go to war uh, unless there are certain conditions. Uh, and, for instance, one of those conditions is that there has to be a reasonable or very reasonable chance that things will be better after the war. And if you look at the Iraq war, for instance, which I went there three times, you could probably say that if the just war theory was applied, they wouldn't have gone to war in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Uh, because... Just to butt in, do you know why we went to war with Iraq? Uh, that's a very good question. I think if you ask 100 different soldiers, you'll get 100 different answers. There's a whole bunch of different factors, and I think it's one of the biggest problems of the actual war itself, is no one can give a clear-cut answer about why we went. Exactly. And in exactly the same way, when you ask 100 different Christians about what God is, you'll get 100 different answers. So the war was based on insufficient evidence. Would you agree? Uh, I think that there were good reasons to go to war in Iraq, um, but I don't necessarily think that just because there are good reasons to go, you should go. We were told that there were weapons of mass destruction, and there weren't. (laughs) Yes, that's the case. And we're, told, um, we're also told that God exists and there's no evidence of it. See, there's a parallel well, here. Well, I think in, in, you're comparing apples with oranges here. I'm talking about the logic behind the way in which we make decisions. Mm-hmm. There is a, a parallel that can be drawn there. Uh, the, the parallel would apply if there was no God. And it would also apply if the evidence that there was weapons of mass destruction, all the evidence was based on nothing. Now, we know for a fact that Saddam is saying gas Kurdish villages. Mm-hmm. That, that's being well understood. That's weapons of mass destruction there. And we also know that the Iraqi military believed they had these weapons. They thought they were going to win the war for them. Mm. So it's not... Look, there are lots of flaws in the reasons for going to war with Iraq. I'm more happy to accept that. I don't think it is uh, as clear-cut as saying that there weren't weapons of mass destruction. But that was the main reason we went. In any case, uh, one, oh, look, one I don't final... think that was the main reason we went, you know. And, and again, this is this is a whole different topic. But I think one of the main reasons we went was because the United States wanted to uh, send the message, I guess, to the Islamic world that they needed to start sorting their act out with regards to terrorist groups. And they thought Iraq would have been the best way of doing that. Now, you could say that's a good reason or a bad reason, but I think that's the main reason. Hmm. It certainly wasn't articulated very well, but that's what I think the best, the, the main reason was. I think we'll leave that topic as is. Yep. Uh, but I did want to ask you, and, and just drag it back to the homosexuality thing. I had mm-hmm. one, one question that I wanted to ask you. It's the only question I've prepared. Okay. I understand you have a family. That's correct. And you have several children. Mm-hmm. And they're quite young. They are. How would your views on your on a particular child change if at some point they said, Dad, I'm gay? Uh, well, it wouldn't change my view on the topic. Let's go back to what you said. Well, you asked me something right at the start, whether people are born that way. Mm-hmm. Some people certainly have 
inclinations. And as far as the question that this could be something I face in the future, it's certainly something I don't want to face in the future, or I hope I don't, it would not change my view on what's objectively right or wrong in one way, shape or form. And it would not certainly mean that I no longer love my child. But I think this is something that needs to be understood. And I certainly get a lot of vitriol from people who say I'm hate-filled. I'm not. If I believe that you're going to do something, if you're going to see you suffer for it, if I didn't love you, then I'll let you go ahead and do it. It's because I do love people, want the best for them, that I speak up about this. Now, you still love the child. It does not mean that you support what they do. It's exactly the same as if I had a child who got married and then divorced and married someone else. I still love the child. I'd not support what they do. Interesting. I appreciate yeah, no, that's it. That's right. All right, that's a wrap. Good work. Well, no, thanks for the opportunity, Adam. Hmm. Was it what you were expecting? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, look, I prefer to write because I think it's better with my writing. I, I do have a question for you. Yeah, bring it on. And I, I guess this goes to my fundamental belief in God. Yeah. If God didn't exist, there would be no good. I disagree. Why? Because morality is not from the Bible. Yeah, but I'm not even talking about the Bible. But you don't get your morality from God either. No, I disagree with that. Well, the Bible teaches us, which is the Word of God, that eating shellfish is, is bad, wearing mixed fibres is immoral. Yes, well, I think... Okay, I'll just explain my Catholic understanding. It's a bit different than Christian understanding. Mm-hmm. Christianity in general, with the exception of Catholics, states that everything comes from the Bible. Mm-hmm. The Catholic Church teaches that there are two forms of teaching. One is scripture and the other one is tradition. So Catholics don't base all their truth on just what's in the Bible. But even assuming, and you raised this point in one of the other interviews that I listened to, you said that all the Christian religions couldn't be true. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely agree with you on that. Logically, they could all be wrong, uh, or logically, one could be right and the rest could be wrong. But logically, you couldn't have two of them that were right. Okay, but in, in that instance, logically, the Islamic community could be right about the Quran. The Buddhist community could be right. So what's more logical, that there are dozens of competing religions that are competing for followers and money, which is the essence of it, could they all be wrong? That's also a likely possibility because all of them are based on faith and very little evidence. Uh, look, the- Again, the same logic applies. All religions could be wrong, um, or one of them can be right and the rest could be wrong. Now, the, the question about goodness does not relate to the Bible. It, it, this goes back to a more philosophical understanding of things. But the, the Bible comes into when you start saying there is a God, which is the right religion. Upon what tools can we evaluate all of the different religions and conclude that one is correct? We have to use the best tools we have, the best mechanisms we have, Yep. to study them, find out which has the most evidence, which can be proved, mm-hmm. and none of them can be proved. Well, I disagree with you on that. But just going back to, to, to the, the question, if there is no God, there's no objective good or evil. There's just what is. Yeah, there's subjective good and evil, but that, that's reality, that's nature. But so what is objectively good? To you, what is objective good? I live my life on the golden rule. What is the golden rule? Do unto others as you would have done unto you. <laughs> okay, so you're choosing a rule that comes from Christianity. What's to say that there aren't good things in Christianity? Yeah, okay. 
Because there are. I mean, when you say things like this, you know, you're either an atheist or you're a theist. That draws a that draws a very definitive line, a line which I don't agree with, because uh-huh. the Bible can tell us good things. There's very little, <laughs> and people overwhelmingly do not get their morality from the Bible. I mean, the people who get their morality from the Bible are, are terrible people, in my view, such as your Pastor John Hagees and uh, and your Pat Robertsons and so forth. Mm-hmm. So even people who claim to be Christian or Catholic or whatever, they don't abide by the Bible in full. So they, they cherry-pick what they want to take out of it. Claiming that you have to believe in a God in order to be moral, that's simply not true. And I think from having perhaps listened to a couple of the episodes, you can understand that. You, you would have heard one of the theists say to me, you have a good idea of what is right and what is wrong. And the way by which I make decisions is I use my empathy to put myself in somebody else's position. And you do this all the time. Every time you make a decision that will impact somebody else, you think, how would I feel if this was done to me? Mm-hmm. And this is, this is I why... I think that's inherently human nature. Yeah. Now, not being gay myself, I can look at somebody who's in a homosexual, or, or not even in a relationship, just a homosexual, and say, if I was this way, from birth I felt that I, I haven't made a decision, I am gay. It's just who I am. I would not want to be persecuted for that. I would want to be treated as an equal. I wouldn't want to feel like an outcast or a pariah in society. So that's why I fight for equal rights for homosexuals. I'm asking you, what is something that is objectively good? So it's not based on your understanding of what is good. It's objectively good. It stands outside someone's own... Well, I don't, like I say, I don't assessment. think I don't think you can have something that is objectively good or bad because what is uh, good for one person may not be good for another. In Asia, people eat dogs mm-hmm. for all they know because that's what their culture allows. That's good, mm-hmm. and we look on in disgust because we feel that that's bad. Okay, so if there was a culture that had developed an understanding, for instance, that a child had no rights until it was two years old. Um, and until the child was two years old, it could be killed or put down or whatever you want to call but, it. But just because... Okay, I, I understand where you're going with this, but just because that culture deems that to be good doesn't mean that I do or that our culture does. And a good example of this, and one I'm sure you'll agree with, is the burqa. Mm-hmm. A whole culture in Saudi Arabia decrees that it's fine to put burqas on women, cover everyone up, up to their eyeballs. And you look at that and you think, it is immoral. It's not something that I would find acceptable. It's not what I would want to do to someone else. Mm-hmm. It's subjective morality. Yeah, so, but your argument is then that a burqa can be good in some places and it can be bad in others. No, see, I, I look at how a society is affected by such things. Okay. E- economically, you're effectively cutting half your workforce. And again, there's a discrepancy in between what women can earn and how they're treated as to what men can earn and how they're treated. The measure of a good society is where people are considered equal. Regardless of how they are born, they are considered equal. Why? Why is that the measure of a good society? Because there are fewer discrepancies. There's, there's fewer people feeling persecuted and left out and disadvantaged. Okay. And you, you, you can look at Sweden, for example, for this, where gay marriage is legalised and women account for half of the parliament. Now, what you're saying, and this is where I really struggle with atheism, Hmm. Because what you're saying is that in your understanding of what's right and good, this is what should be. But then I could listen to a 
Saudi cleric explain quite rationally and logically according to their understanding of what's right and wrong, why they have their culture. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if there is no such thing as objective good, then the truth is that neither of you are right and neither of you are wrong. Correct. So which has the best outcome for a society? But that doesn't matter. It does, because it's, it's real and it affects people. The, it only matters to you. you know, I guess what I'm saying is you have logically, rationally come to your assessment about what makes a good society, mm-hmm. and unless you put forward the argument that your assessment is the good assessment and everyone else's assessment is wrong, um, which is kind of giving yourself godlike status, mm-hmm. then someone else is entirely, if there is no such thing as objective, would entirely reasonably able to come up with their own assessment and make their own decisions and argue for their own position about what's good in society. See, I don't claim to be correct. I claim to evaluate the evidence, look to countries where scenarios such as these have been deployed and regard the results and take that into the equation. So I'm using evidence wherever possible to come to the best conclusion. It's not to say I'm always right because I'm quite happy to be corrected. And I I really... I applaud you for it. I really do. I think you, you've you taken the time to ask the question. You've asked it honestly, and you, you're really trying to wrap your brain around it with in, in regards to the atheism thing. You're struggling with the concept of objective reality because that's what religion teaches. It teaches that this is the word of God. It must be objective. No, I wouldn't categorise it that way. Um, I would have this debate even if I wasn't religious. Mm-hmm. But I would have this debate about the existence of God. Right. Because you come to the conclusion that God exists doesn't necessarily make you religious. Well, it does. <laughs> no, because there are people who believe in God that aren't Catholic. Yeah, aren't and, and Hindu, they're, aren't they're spiritual. They don't follow any religion. They're, they're spiritual. I would say that they accept the fact that we didn't come out of nothing. Um, Hang on, when you say the fact that we didn't come out of nothing, you see that you've got to be careful with the words here, because the best evidence that we have suggests that we did come out of nothing. The question then is how? There is no evidence anywhere to suggest that anything came out of nothing. If something could come out of nothing, the whole scientific basis of the world and the laws that we operate in would be... Would be, would be, would be rendered that, that would crumble? They'd crumble? would be chaos. Okay. The reason we're able to make this telephone call and use mobile phones and so forth is, is due to the quantum effect in which particles blink in and out of existence all the time, even in a complete vacuum things are popping into existence and popping out the quantum effect. It's real, it's observable. So it does happen, and it's the basis of the modern communication era. So, The, the laws that govern that does not blink in and out of existence. The communication technology is based on something that is observable. It's based on, it's based on objective reality. It's not based on anything subjective. And look, I'm, I'm no expert on the technology, so I, I can't talk with a great deal of expertise on this, but if it was subjective, then those things that jump in and out of existence as you talk about would do it whenever they wanted, as opposed to when we know they would, which would mean that we could talk. I do happen to have some degree of expertise in the IT field, so I, I feel it might be a little challenging or tiresome or if I were to go all the way down that. But what I will do is say, just take a look on uh, YouTube or on the internet for an experiment called Schrodinger's Cat. Schrodinger's Cat? Yeah. S-C-H-R-O-D-I-N-G-E-R-S. Schrodinger's Cat. And it's an experiment about quantum. Uh, it's, it's an interesting thought experiment. So 
So there. I'll look into that. Yeah, look, I appreciate it. Um, I'm not sure we've, we're quite finished on the, the realms of morality. You're asking really good questions and you're asking them honestly. So that I admire. Well, I think you're answering them. I would say that you're answering them honestly, though. Um, and you're not doing it deliberately. And you don't think I'm answering them honestly? No, what you're doing is you're answering, you're answering them based on a subjective understanding of the world. Which, which are exactly the same tools that you have at your disposal. Yes, but the world is not subjective. If the world was subjective, I could get up and say, the sky is green. And the fact is, the truth is, the sky is a certain colour. Someone else might see it differently, but just because they see it differently does not mean that the sky is a different colour. That's true. So how do you decide on what colour the sky is? You take a whole bunch of subjective views, you subject those views to to a study, and you take the bulk of them that line up. So if the you the bulk t- of them line up with what? Well, the the bulk of them that are um, comparable to each other. So if you took ten thousand people and nine thousand of them said the sky is blue, mm-hmm. you go with the consensus. I saw a thing on your Twitter today. The ten sets of reason or logical arguments. Yeah. And the tenth one was that just because the majority of people believe in something doesn't make it true. That's true. So you have to also do experiments. There's different types of um, sociological experiments that you can do. Because a whole bunch of people believe something, it doesn't mean it's real. That's right. And that's how I view religion. But the reason I know that the sky is blue and that I feel that God doesn't exist is because I can ask a whole bunch of people what colour is the sky and in their experience, which is something they can test and they can they can give to me in concise terms, they can tell me the sky is blue. If I ask ten people, how has Jesus communicated with you, you will get ten different answers. Well, maybe he does communicate in ten different ways. Okay, he may well. But if that's the case and he wants us, he wants me, Adam, <laughs> to know that that's true, why wouldn't he be communicating with everybody in the same way? Why, why would he be evasive about this? See, we're, we're working on the premise here that Jesus is true and able to communicate with people, whereas looking in on this, I think that it's simply a case of mass hysteria and confirmation bias. I, I think your argument has some merit to it, but even if no one believes in him, that wouldn't mean that is not true. That's true. Nobody believes in Ra, However, the, the Egyptian sun god, or Thor. So, are those gods true or not? Well, some people believed in them. Believed. <laughs> That's right. Very few people still do. Uh, which, which, while not being a proof in itself of anything, does indicate that that belief has been superseded by a more powerful belief. Okay, one... One that is, again, based on equally little evidence. Well, that's what you would say, and I disagree, and we're not going to solve this over this phone call. Um, and I, I, I guess my, my, the questions I was asking you were not really based about whether Christianity itself was true or not. It was more based on whether God exists. Yeah. Well, take the law of gravity, for instance. The theory of gravity. Well, there's a theory about it. No, um, well, it, it is a theory. A theory is a... Okay. Well, let's not get into the semantics, but go on. Okay, yeah. I understand what you're saying, the, the, the scientific terms and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every single piece of matter in this world behaves according to that theory. Mm-hmm. Now, if that theory is true, then there is a power that uh, is able to enforce 
the law that comes from that theory on every single piece of matter. But that's that's just mass density. I mean, that that theory would fall apart. The scientific world would have to rewrite the books overnight if all of a sudden Bernard was lifted up into the air and, and was able to levitate. Uh, well, it's a, good, it's a very good, interesting point. So if there is a law, or if there is a, a force that can enforce that theory on every single piece of matter, then that force could also choose not to enforce it on matter sometimes. Do we have any evidence to suggest that that has ever happened? Well, you just mentioned it before. What? Do you levitate? No, I don't levitate, but someone else rose, <sighs> lifted themselves up into the sky, and okay. that person claimed to be God. The documentation upon which you base that claim has been disproven thoroughly and debunked. It's flawed. And I'm not saying this to attack you or attack anyone else personally, because that's not what well, I'm let's, about. Well, let's get scientific about it then, because that's either... You think it's been disbunked, and I, I don't. Mm. Um, I think that's a pretty scientific way of putting it. Mm. And it is a, a topic that you could discuss for a long period of time. I, I agree with you on that. I'm just a guy in the street. <laughs> and so am I. I'm, I'm, an, I'm a nobody. My view on this sort of stuff is you don't take it at face value. So... The Bible, for example, being the book that it is, was a book that was written two generations after it is claimed that Jesus walked the earth. Mm -hmm. And yet none, not a single contemporary scholar of the time, they didn't take place until they were documented by the Gospels. So I can't see that. I can't take that book and use it as evidence. The Bible itself says the Bible is true. So therefore it in my view, and the view of historians and scholars, is that it's not a reliable source. So when we think about these things, you can't think about the conclusion first and work to fit your beliefs to align with that. You've got to take reality and, and all the experiences that you know because you're the only person who has experiences that you can trust. And in your experience, I'll bet you a dolly you've never met or seen evidence that somebody's lived 900 years old. For example, or that you've never seen a talking snake. So, am I right? Am I? Am I... No, no you're, you're explaining the the rationale behind your logical conclusion based on on that. Mm -hmm. So, I'm, I'm working from the ground up, trying to find reasons as to why God exists. Now, a, a theist doesn't matter if they're Christian, Catholic, Buddhist, whatever, is they work from the assumption that God exists and come down, and they try and find ways in order to join the dots. I basically agree with you, because I was going to say, the Bible is not the thing that makes me believe in God. Okay. It, I would believe in God whether the Bible was written or not. The Bible forms part of the reason why I believe in Christianity, uh, which is yeah, related, but, and, but and, it's not the same thing. And using your empathy, which I'm sure you have, if you're able to put yourself in the position of a, a Muslim. So you're Bernard, you're born a Muslim, you're growing up in Syria. What do you believe? Well, the culture and society that you're raised in has a huge influence on what you believe. That's true. Exactly. Um, and it's certainly true of yourself. We, we live in a culture that is more and more atheistic, and I think that you would be the last one to 
discount that culture and society in your own formation as well. Mm-hmm. But, but getting back to the question, and this is where you can't judge people about what they understand, what they know to be right. No single person can look at another person, look into their eyes and say, their soul is in this shape. This is what their soul is. I can't do that at anybody. I'm not, I would never guess that I can. But so could you look into somebody else's eyes and, and, and understand that they're believing in the wrong God? Yeah, that's something different. I'm not judging their soul, but there is objective truth. And there is such things as actions, and you can look at those actions and say for a whole bunch of reasons that those actions were good or bad. Hmm. That doesn't mean you know the intent behind those actions. I've really enjoyed the chat. Well, I have too. I have enjoyed it. I'd be more than happy to have another one with you at some stage in the future. Hmm. I don't want you to think like me. I just want you to think. I want you to analyse the possibilities. I appreciate the statement, and I would... Well, want exactly the same for you as well. Um, I'll just say this. I'm glad that we've had a discussion and not a shouting match. I don't think that helps. No, it um, doesn't. And just in regards to Twitter, well, listening to your piece yesterday where you are discussing that, mm-hmm. I find Twitter a very poor medium to debate and rationally argue with people because you can frame by space the timing means that quite often you miss half the other person's argument before you've responded, um, and same to you. Uh, and while it's called social media, I think that it really lends itself to antisocial behaviour. I agree. So why do you think I did this podcast? I think it's a much better forum. <laughs> Bingo. People are actually able to speak without the constraints. I concur. Yep. We'll wrap it up. Is there anything else you wanted to plug or... Any shout-outs you'd like to make? Uh, look, if you want to have an interesting debate, check out my website. Um, it's probably very different. Well, puts forward very different views than Adam's. Uh, but if you want to have, uh, I guess, a detailed understanding of, of the way I think, then check that out. And the link? Yeah, the link is bernardgainel.com.au. B-E-R-N-A-R-D-G-A-Y-N-O-R.com.au. Thank you very much. And Bernard, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, thank you, Adam. It was an interesting debate. Uh, I'd love to have further debates with you in the future. Um, there's a lot of ground we could cover. And Merry Christmas. Yeah, all the best. Enjoy your pagan holiday. <laughs> no problem. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, with me for some bonus material, as is traditional once a month, Religious Tea, welcome. Well, thank you for having me. Pleasure. Pleasure. How are you? Uh, I couldn't be happier, because you've been going door-to-door, from what I'm told. Mm. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was unconvincing. It didn't happen. Didn't no, happen. You, were, you were meant to be a Jehovah's Witness for a month. Oh, I was, but they wouldn't let me go door-to-door. But they, what, do they, do they sort of say, okay, this is our jurisdiction? We're the only people who can door knock? I accidentally got into an argument with one of them. Oh, um, this will be good. <laughs> you go into church as normal and then you go to Bible study and you're chatting. And, um, I didn't want to lie. I told them who I was and what I was doing and um, why I was there. That was fine. That was fine. They were, all, they were very accommodating about it. In fact, I did a um, local radio show really early on, maybe one month or two months in. And one of them said that she'd heard it and she prayed that I'd come. 
Oof. And I went, well, that's a prophecy. It's, yeah. Uh, you know, it's done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> you're, the, you're the Messiah. <laughs> so they knew, we were chatting, and uh, she was, they were, they're pretty deep into not liking the Trinity. They're, they don't like the idea of that. They stick to that. And she goes, you know, other people think such stupid things like, I mean, evolution, take that. Oof. And, and that's they it went, all for alarm no. bells. Oh, they weren't. No. So you just get chatting and saying, I kind of said, oh, it's a bit awkward, really. And she went, why is that? Do you believe in it? So I kind of, you're respectful. Like, you know, you are on your show. You go, well, you know, it's it's not a case of believing it or not. It's just that's all the evidence suggests that's that's what happened. And, um, you know, there's there's nothing ever, there's nothing to contradict it. It's, it's, it's like saying, do you believe in gravity? I mean, well, you, you know you know it you know it happens you know it it works and uh so i kind of went on like that and then they'd read a few of the watchtower the watchtower are quite big in uh, watchtower of course for those that don't for the playing at home uh is the jehovah's witness magazine that they send out um it's monthly. a fine read it's a very good read <laughs> harry dies in at fact, the end um, i just <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> yeah. in fact every um every sunday instead of um with, with the christian uh kind of congregation you get together you have your pastor at the front and he uh he chats and he he babbles and he talks about why the fact that he got a car for a cheaper offer uh means that god exists and is looking after him yeah. and they instead kind of invite everyone to join in so they've got um they've got microphones on sticks and they go around all the people and let them join in they go through and discuss one of the watchtower articles and the beautiful thing is is the answer is hidden in that not even hidden it's it's hidden in plain sight in the article and then people put their hands up and say uh, say the answer that they've been told to say, and everyone goes, "Yeah, I think that was that was that was really good. It's really programmed. It's really quite." Anyway, I digress. So yeah, we were talking about evolution. I was explaining why it was, and uh, they had a few things that they read in the Watchtower that they brought up, and I said, "Well, you're not quite right there. That's that's um, abiogenesis. We don't know fully about that, but we kind of know a bit about some some of the pathways that it would have done, and um, went over that and." One of the people I was talking to who had been absolutely lovely from the moment I got there, really, really oh, nice, really warm, really open. She was just getting more and more distressed, not not angry, just actually distressed. And there was tears in her eyes and she kept trying to leave, and but then kept having to come back to say something. And I'd stopped talking. I I, I realised I was upsetting her. So I, I kind of let her go and she kept coming back and adding more. And I realised after a few things that she said that we were having two entirely different conversations that I was chatting about the fact that we were a bit evolved and wasn't that nice, you know, wasn't that a nice process and all she could think about is if, if that's what he thinks, then he's not going to go to heaven but more than that, if he's right neither will I, yeah. and that's all that was going through her head um, for the whole thing it's And just it's, it's challenging because it, and, and you'd know this apostate material, they can't, they can't listen to it they can't engage with it, they can't, you know they, they have to shut the conversation down Exactly. Uh, I went to the special assembly, um, which was ever so fun. There was about a thousand people there, and uh, all from the from the area I'm in. And um, they they even said that quite proudly that of course we never read what uh, material people give to us. We only stick to the Bible and the Watchtower, and that's all they read. That's that's it. That's as far as they that's as far as they delve. Which is um, quite sad, really. It is. So they don't even get the latest on Angelina Jolie's lips. There's <laughs> yeah. no. No, I had to. I had to hmm. tell them all that, and they, they no, co- no copy of TV Week. No, I don't know. They, they, <laughs> they, don't, they don't get a copy of TV Week. <laughs> they they, mu- they must. How else do they know what to watch? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Hollyoaks or whatever. So but no, it's 
That, Quite sad. That, Quite that, sad. So you got into a big argument. Um, Not big. I mean, I I shut off. I realised I was upsetting, and that was that wasn't my aim. I mean, it's it's fine to be a little bit, you know. Um, I guess the word is twatty on the on Twitter. It's it's fine. Someone says something silly, you put something underneath. If everyone has a laugh, everyone pats each other on the back, and you move on. Um, but it's it's hard when it's to someone's face, and mm. you see that it's actually upsetting. You. He's, I'll leave it. But it was it was her who couldn't. You know, she started it. <laughs> <laughs> she started it. Right, and so she was the only one who got upset, and because of that, you weren't allowed out on patrol. I wasn't allowed out. They said that if um, people think that you know about evolution, it's going to ruin the whole, the whole, the whole thing. They're going to all be really confused by it. I said I, I wouldn't say anything. I wouldn't. I'd just say I know. Which said if you've mentioned that before, that's what they'll think. Hmm. Yeah, right. Okay. But they said um, we can't let you come door to door, but maybe we can show you what going door to door is like. So maybe we can come and knock on your door and uh, give you a Bible study. Ooh. So I went, okay. So they came around. I put on Team Biscuits. Um, awkwardly forgot to plug the kettle in. Uh, so for ten minutes, just, you know, <laughs> they're waiting for a cup of tea. I <laughs> thought, thought you'd forgotten to pay your electricity bill. That did cross my mind. <laughs> it really did. Okay, so what did you get into in the Bible study? Uh, well, we chatted a bit. Of course, I had two questions that were laid down by um, your, your, your our, our friend, um, I don't Secular know which, Hunterford. Secular lad, yes. um, we'll not allude to his name at the moment. So, where all the, if it's only 144,000 people in heaven, where do the rest go? Mm-hmm. Uh, the answer to that is um, here on here on Earth. So, what, they come back as a grasshopper or a hippopotamus or something, do they? No, we just get resurrected. And our, I did ask, they said, we just get, you know, we get resurrected, we rise from the dead again. That's what Jesus will do. So I said, but when do you get, when will you get resurrected? In what state? Because, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people who got hit by a car, or they're going to be livid that they've been brought back in that, in that kind of state but no said in their in their best state healthy happy ecstatic oh so you don't come back as as like a complete reincarnation so you, you wouldn't come back as say a muslim or a buddhist uh, you'll come back knowing they wouldn't come back well no only, if you were a jehovah's witness and you, and you get re- resurrected you wouldn't come back as somebody of a different faith you would always come no, back as a jehovah's witness you, the only jehovah's witnesses will come back right well that's no uh, that's a bit um, unfair, I think, on all the other religions. Well, they were wrong. They backed the wrong horse. Yeah. That's, their fault. That's a cra- crazy idea, isn't it? Well, it, the, the one thing I do like, I said, don't you find it a bit hard? Because I would find it difficult experience any kind of happiness uh, while all the people I did know um, were in hell. And she went, no, no, we don't have hell. We don't have hell. Not in Jehovah's Witnesses. There's no, there's no hell. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. Oh, that's fine. We just go to sleep. We just stay dead. That's it. Yeah. Like okay. a like an obedient puppy, who stayed dead. Right, and the other question was something to do with a number, a mystery date. Oh my word! It's so complicated because no one has a clue <laughs> what they're on about with it. All right, but you, uh, you've I obviously about... spent some time studying this, so let's hear it. I tried. I asked about eight to nine different people on this, and each one had a different answer. But effectively, 607 BC was prophesied in Daniel, and they said that it was going to be times and times and times again. Um, and their time is is set in uh, a different part of the scripture as some length of time, but they couldn't remember what exactly it was. Uh, but it added up altogether to 2,520 days. And that's when Jesus will come back to rule over everyone. Of course, everyone that knows that doesn't make sense. So they went, but it can't be days. It must be Maybe it's years. So they find some other scripture that say a day is like a year. Mm-hmm. And they go, perfect, so that's 2,520 years. 
we know that Jerusalem fell in 607 BCE in October. <laughs> so so precise. <laughs> it was um, a beautiful spring day. Yeah, it was lovely. The sun, oh, the sun was shining, so birds were singing, the rockets were being fired. <laughs> and um, so from there, they know it's 2,520 years, which takes you to 1914. Uh, which right. was when uh, well, no, the, all uh, the worlds it would be the start of the Great War, which would set in motion uh, Jesus coming back to um, you know take take over the world, world domination. Well, if that's the case, he started by sinking the Titanic. I think he probably did. Yeah, yeah, I think that was, was nineteen fourteen. I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Uh, well, two thousand five hundred twenty years from six hundred seven BCE. Hmm. I don't have a calculator. I'm. I'm yeah, no joke there. Are you, ca- are you counting year naught? <laughs> you uh, counting year naught? Am I counting a naught? You counting year naught? Year naught. No, I divided by pi and carried the seven. Ah, right. Mm. So the short story is Not no one's got a clue. No one's got a clue. No one, no one has a clue. Did any, um, did any of your other uh, religious experiences assist you throughout the month? Uh, yes. Uh, we had a good rant against the Catholics, and what I found is there's three things that they like saying that evolution isn't true mm-hmm. but the way they do that is by misunderstanding it um which i think most people can seem to do mm-hmm. uh, they hate people who think there's a trinity hate them they're angry at that and the other thing is let's just all dis catholics every single person i spoke to said oh you see i used to be a catholic for so long and then someone came knocked on my door i asked them a question and they turned to the bible and i knew this was the this was the thing for me it was a sign it was a sign yeah. you know they're, they're in the truth they're in the truth now Oh, good but, for them. Um, so lovely. Everyone is so, so, so nice. Um, bizarrely nice. Except when you yeah. start talking facts, in which they case... They don't like that. They so don't like that. Not a fan but, I mean, a facts. guy came and uh, chatted to me afterwards because he realised I was causing kind of a stir. Mm-hmm. And so they flocked around me to kind of, um, you know, eight heads is better than one, I think is a phrase. <laughs> and uh, just every single thing I said, they'd said, oh, of course, that's, that just doesn't make sense. And you go, right, okay, why is that? And then they just say something that's not relevant or untrue or something like that one of them says um of course you know bill bright you know bill bryson the yes, um, yes. The, the writer yeah he said in one of his books that um he quoted um, i think it was fred hoyle who said that the chance of evolution is a chance of like a um a storm going through a, a junkyard and putting together a Boeing 747 mm-hmm. that's what he was saying in his book and that this chap had obviously misread that and thought if bill bryson says that that must mean that evolution can't be true uh, so he said this to me and i said no that's that he was quoting someone else and he went oh okay well still you know i said no you'd miss it you, you don't get it um yeah bizarre bizarre conversations so what did yeah, you take away from the from the month how did you improve do i ever improve i always get slightly worse i think <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well you're seeking enlightenment are you are you yeah, yeah. did you did you get any enlightenment at all i was put off a bit it was the way that they kind of spoke and the way that it was um the, the way that talk, it's not it's not a metaphor or anything like that they when they talk about like satan they they mean it it's 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 almost juvenile that the way they speak uh, the, the way they talk to each other and it's quite odd to like look for i mean it's it's not a bad thing it's just it's just how they how they communicate but it seems just smacked of well, of course, if we do this, that will keep Satan away. Yeah, that'll be good. And they, they, they think like Satan's actually coming for them all the time. Like um, like he's not got bigger fish to fry like this. <laughs> Shouldn't he be busy probing Hitchens or something? You know, that, that'd be a handful. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a lot, yeah. So what's oh. coming up next? Oi, oi, I'm going to be uh, Jewish. Oof. Jewish, the, 
All right. So first step, uh, going under the knife? Um, it's not really big enough to warrant it. Ah, um, okay. I think if I showed it to any rabbi, he'll probably conclude it's already happened at some point. <laughs> Did you hear that, ladies? <laughs> Just add water. Perhaps they took, perhaps they took too much off. Uh, who knows? <laughs> right, okay, so we won't be doing that. Are you going to wear the little hat? I think I might. I've I've not really partaken in religious hats, but I'm quite up for a hat. I'm quite up for a yarmulke. So, yeah, why I not? I saw why somebody not? walking down the street the other day wearing one of them. I thought, that is that is the worst crash helmet I have ever seen. <laughs> Or it was brilliant. It's just a giant head. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. And the purpose of the hat? Oh, this is what I've got to find out. I I thought it was just a great um, fashion accessory. I mean, are you you alluding to the fact that it might not be? It might be more. No, no. Well, if if it is a fashion accessory, it's certainly a timeless piece. I thought so. Hmm. I just assumed all Jewish people were bald and it just covered the spot pretty well. (laughs) Right. So, okay. You're hooking into a little bit of uh, Hebrew. What are we doing? I'm going to have a go. Yeah. Hmm. I'm gonna have a little see if I can learn see if I can learn one phrase. Maybe I can learn your opening thing from the herd mentality. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. Can you do? And I'll can, try and do yeah, it in we'll Hebrew. have to get you to record the intro for the herd mentality in in Jewish. Yeah. In, well, sorry, in, is, in Hebrew. Like, I don't even have to learn it properly. No one's gonna know. Well, that's true. You'd just be Mozeltov, Mozeltov, welcome, uh, Mozeltov, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> we're all <Sold>. convinced. <laughs> Coming up after the break, more Mozeltov. <laughs> <laughs> And this, we're, so, so one what, of the four listeners is not going to speak Hebrew, so it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you hoping to achieve this month? What, what sort of experiences are you going to be partaking in? I'm going to try a few more rules, I think. The Jewish, the Jewish faith seems to be quite rule-based and very, very deep in tradition, Like whereas these ones I've done recently are kind of more a feeling and more towards... I'd like to live with some... Uh, bit more, a bit more strict. A bit more strict. Good. That's what I want to hear. But, yeah. You, and you want to hear that my foreskin's been forcibly removed by a sharp dick and <laughs> a sweaty old man. Mop and bucket man to the tea household. Mop and bucket man. Want <laughs> well, to get the smaller tweezers? <laughs> I think uh, yeah, we can work with that. I can I can do something with that in editing. Maybe yeah. just uh, the sound of a rubber band snapping. <laughs> So, okay, that's going to be fascinating. And uh, see, it's not, really a, it, it's not really a challenge for you because you're a vegetarian. You're not going to be eating pork anyway. Oh, well, I, interestingly, uh, I went to a restaurant two days ago and uh, I ordered... There was, there was only like four options, you know, where they just go, you can have one of those four or one of those four. It's all so damn good that it'll be fine. Um, so there's only one vegetarian option in each one. So I looked, I looked down, it was spicy parsnip soup for the start. And I thought, I love spice, I love parsnip and partial to soup this is this is looking like the, you know the magic three it's all in there it's so brilliant so I thought, i'll order that and down it came and it had some kind of bread crummy um circly sphery lump thing in the middle and i thought i wonder what that is so i uh broke into it took a bite of it and it was like it's quite you know quite mushroomy i thought i thought maybe it's like uh, some kind of breaded mushroom in the middle i thought delicious i didn't i don't know why you'd put that in spicy um parsnip soup but you know cracky restaurants whatever it is so i said to the um wife is this is this mushroom do you think and she looked into it and yeah probably i assume so i took another bite and i went i'm not i'm not so sure and then she had a little bite of it and she went no that's 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 not <laughs> so we went up to find out what i'd what i'd not read in the small print of the spicy parsnip soup was um a game croquette right so i'm not a very good vegetarian anymore no clearly so, uh, not 
I, mean, really I was expecting you to see nothing of the sort on the menu and then just the chef to run out of the kitchen screaming, my thumb! My thumb! <laughs> that was my foreskin from the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like having the Bible reloaded on with all this foreskin talk. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> you had them on a couple of weeks, you don't, need, you don't need more of this filth. No. No, no, no. All right, well, religious tea, uh, anything, any final thoughts, anything you'd like to add on Jehovah's Witnesses or what, what you're looking forward to for the next round? Uh, I think as the rounds are getting on, I'm ever closer to this finishing, which is always, which is always a bonus. How long have you got to go? Uh, I, think, I think this is number this is eight or nine, so, I've, you know, I'm three or four left. All right, well, I'm looking forward to giving you something extreme. I'll need to think on that. Something extreme, maybe something Egyptian. Something where hey, you, um, yeah, someone, someone did mention that. Something where you actually have to actively hate homosexuality. You could become, you know what we could do, Westborough Baptist Church. You're going to maybe join that? Yeah, and you're going to have to go and stand on a street corner hating homosexuals. And then, you know, just hold up the sign, and when somebody walks up to you and goes, excuse me, <laughs> then you just sort of put the sign down, and you're back to being religious teen. Just be wonderful, be lovely to them, you know? No, yeah. no, no throwing stones, no threatening them with purgatory. No, maybe, maybe even sex them. Who knows? <laughs> so, I don't know. You, you're certainly prepared to go the extra mile by the sound of things. Anything to try and alleviate the, the sign I'd had in my hand for a moment, I think. So, <laughs> distract. I could just cup their, cup their genitals gently, and that would distract from the sign. Just, just cough for me. There we go. <laughs> and that's out. All right. Well, yeah. um, interesting. I think, yeah, West, Westboro Baptist Church, something where you actually have to get delve into the mind of the hatred, you know. See, that's what confront I can't yourself. do. I, I, I'm, I'm quite a nice nice person. Even when I'm upsetting um, elderly Jehovah's Witnesses, mm-hmm. um, I'm quite a deep down a nice person. Mm. I can't just... Maybe get me on with, um, with your next guest. Send her a Christmas card. I'm sure that'll <laughs> go down a treat. <laughs> I asked her, I said... Um, does it annoy you that now everyone's getting involved in Christmas? She goes, well, no, I mean, people say Merry Christmas to me, and I just, I just don't say anything back. And I'd love to just, I, I love the image of someone just saying Merry Christmas and her just stunned silence. Just <laughs> really awkward. Just tumbleweed blowing past. Have you considered spending a month going door to door, spreading the good word of atheism? Perhaps as the final month. It would be month. interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, cut their grass. The Jehovah's Witness Territory grass. Could do, couldn't I? Door to door. Knock, knock. I'd like to not talk to you about Jesus. Interestingly, um, I'm in a small band of um, mower cyclists. I don't know if you've ever heard of the phrase. No, no. <laughs> mower cyclists? <laughs> well, it's uh, one of your first guests, um, Opus Atrum. Yes. Someone you may have heard of, um, Punchy Love. Yes, I know Punchy Love. Yes, quite a handsome, quite a handsome fellow. Oh, gosh, isn't he what? Yes, I know, right? You might have David Riddle. You may have heard of him. Yes. Yes. Yes, and of course, Jen August is our newest member. We are a form of mower cyclists that are interested in grammar and grass. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so, we very politely help people with their with their grammar and grass. <laughs> Genius. What does that involve? We've got quite a few rules. My favourite rule is uh, grammar or grass. We play to win. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, if you've ever heard of um, Spelling Patrol, yes, um, I love Spelling Patrol. Great, great account. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've. Uh, Talk to them. We used to be just a, like a uh, like a, a motorbike gang, but then we thought that was uh, not practical enough a motorcycle. So we thought we'd cut grass as we're going. Um, right. So hence the mower. And, and if you thought, just if you thought of some sort of um, 
intimidating name for this group. Uh, we're called the Hell's Riddlers. Hell's Riddlers. Yeah, see, that yeah. strikes fear into the hearts of one's enemies. But actually, we're so polite. So, you honestly, you'll blow your head off how polite we are. <laughs> There's all these pleases and thank yous before pulling triggers, yeah? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the world's most polite extortion ring. <laughs> We've got decorum coming out of our arse. <laughs> Very well. Well, Religious T, thank you very much for coming on the show. Look forward to speaking to you after the anniversary of, uh, I was about to say Jesus' birth, but let's go with Darwin. Yes. Uh, okay. Was it Newton? Who, who was born on Christmas Day? Not Jesus. Born in October, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, That'd be ridiculous. You know? it wasn't a, job there, sorry. No solstices <laughs> in October. Gosh. <laughs> oh, I found an interesting fact as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to them, um, Jesus didn't die on a cross. He died on a stake. Which is two stakes. No, just one stake. Just one. One long stake. And his arms are above his head. This is more compelling every time. I hear more it. I mean, this is more facts. More and facts. as listeners to the show know, we're a big fan of facts. <laughs> Unlike that poor lady at the surface. Yes. Who religious oh, tea reduces to tears. Oh, it's one of the lowest points of my life, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Wish you'd recorded that. Rightio, Religious T, take care. Try not to get shot okay. at. And uh, we'll speak to you in a month. Can't wait. All See you soon. Cheers, mate. Bye. again what do you want right there's a fax from joel he, he wants to meet who he took his cock ring back oh, fat chance but what why did you leave the cosmic fax on aren't we meant to be saving energy oh wait never mind that he's taken your twitter handle ray your twitter handle's gone and he'll only <sighs> give it back if you give him his diamond cock ring back ray oh well this is oh jesus this is ridiculous i just hey, cannot listen. cut a break listen ray he says we have to meet at a neutral place where the, where Satan resides, the Atheist Monument in Florida. The, oh. Eight o'clock tonight, Ray. That is the only way we can get your Twitter handle back. Well, what about the cock ring? Well, I haven't got it, Ray. I used the cock ring to make the phone call to Twitter support. The, Raylene, you are the bane of my existence. I gave you your oh, job back, Ray. and now all of a sudden we are without Ray Comfort. I'm going to have to take up that stupid Ray Comfort LW handle again. I told you, Ray, that's not so bad. The LW can mean long wang. No. Uh, no. <laughs> I won't have anything here that isn't factual. You know how I operate. Yes, I know, Ray. I've seen your wang and there's nothing long about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. Well, what's our next move? Well, we've got to meet them at the Atheist Monument, Ray. If we're going to get a Twitter handle back. Hmm. But I haven't got the cock ring. I know. Why don't we take your butt plug? What, the eight horsepower solid gold butt plug? <laughs> yes, that one, Ray. It's still cooling down. It's too hot to touch. <laughs> Don't I know it? <laughs> I'm sorry, Ray. If you want your Twitter handle back, you're just going to have to have pokey bum wanks and give up the butt plug. So you forced me into a corner here, Raylene.
I either don't have the physical pleasure of the eight horsepower solid gold butt plug, trademark, <laughs> or the physical pleasure of spreading nonsense via my Twitter handle. All right, I'm sorry. It's one or the other. But we've got to meet Joel. Okay, Raylene, to the bulletproof comfort mobile. <laughs> Raylene, I'm just going to stay in the vehicle for a while where it's a little bit more secure. I'd like you to go oh, and negotiate. such a coward, Ray. There's nothing about cowardice here. I've got something that's very valuable to me. It's quite personal. I'd like you to go and negotiate the trade for the Twitter handle immediately. Are you talking about me, Ray? Am I personal? Am I valuable to you, Ray? Are you in the car or are you standing outside? Oh. <laughs> yes, well, there's your answer. Now, off you go. Oh. Raylene, well, I thought my notes said very clearly for Ray to come on his own with nobody but Jesus with him. Jesus has abandoned us. He's in the car. He's a coward. He, he doesn't want to face you, Joel. Did he bring the cock ring? Right. There's a slight issue there, uh, Joel. Um, I had to use your diamond cock ring to pay for the phone call where I got through you, to Twitter support. So you had to what? My granny gave me that cock ring. I need it back. That was my daddy's cock ring and his daddy's cock ring before me. That's been in my family for darn near 75 years. Well, instead of the cock ring, I've got this eight horsepower solid gold butt plug. That does sound rather nice, actually. Where you got that at now? Well, let's go over to the car. What in the world is he doing in that car there? Ray? Oh, Ray? Yeah, just, just a moment. Well, now, hold on a second. I come all the way from Texas here. You get... Austin? Austin? Hey, comfort. Austin? Austin? I'll wait until you're done, man. Damn. Austin? <laughs> yeah, what... But I, 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 now, Raylene's telling me some story now about how my cock ring is in a payphone and you're going to give me a butt plug instead. Just, just a moment. I'm just, I'm just mopping now, out. You better clean that thing up before you hand it over. I'll, that's all I'm saying. I don't, I don't know that I want to touch that thing now. Raylene, did you bring the uh, WD-40? Oh, Ray, you're back. <laughs> Have you arrived? Well, he came anyway. <laughs> Personally, to this encounter... All right, Austin, let's have the Twitter handle. Now, not so fast here. I said I wanted my cock ring, and you're trying to pawn off something that's been up your butthole. It is rather shiny, though, and I do like shiny. But I've, I'm prepared to suggest a different trade-off here. Righto, Joel. I'm prepared to let go of Raylene, but not prepared to let go of the 8-horsepower solid gold butt plug. Could, could I at least use it for a night or something? Maybe, you know, uh, whew, take it home to the wife? When you say share it with the wife, I'm unconvinced. I'm prepared to give you or probably 20 minutes in the comfort mobile. 20 minutes would probably do the trick. No, you know what? Hey, wait a second. I, I, you've been trying to get this Twitter handle for a long time. I think I can get more than 20 minutes on that butt, butt plug. You said it's 8 horsepower? It's 8 horsepower, but it's turbo. Oh, wow. I've just been uh, tinkering in the garage. All right. Well, now if we can turbo it up, I might I might take you up on the twenty minutes here, and that 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 includes Raylene and her luminescent butthole, right? 
as part of the deal. Look, you can have Raylene. Raylene, what are your thoughts? You're happy to go. Thank you very much. No! Ray, oh, sh- just shush for a second. I'm in the middle of a negotiation. Hold on, I was flossing. What was that? There... <laughs> <laughs> Keep in mind, Ray, if I wanted to right now, I could bite my way through that bulletproof car of yours, bite you in half, and just take that damn butt plug if I, if I, if I so chose. I'm not doing that because that's not how Jesus would want it. Indeed he wouldn't. Now, I must warn you, Joel, on the turbo setting, no one has ever lasted more than 12 minutes. You know what? I don't trust a grown man that can convince adults that Noah's Ark really happened. I don't believe what you're saying to me here, Mr. Comfort. All right. I I've... think I can last 12 minutes. I, hell, I think I can last 15 minutes while eating a banana. Raylene, <laughs> I think you know how we're going to end this. Joel, lie down here. All right, now. And let me just uh, pop, pop this. <laughs> let me just Whoa. slide that a little to the left. Oh, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, forgive L- me. little north. <laughs> oh, actually, a little south. A little south, actually, if no. you don't mind. 22, deg- 22 degrees. Me or the butt plug? <laughs> that's Celsius, isn't it? Because that's damn cold in Fahrenheit. To the, to the longitude. I'm... Oh, all right, all right. I, I, just don't, I don't understand sometimes with you, you Australians and your, your weird measurements oh, and whatnot. Australians. The only Australian I know is that ridiculous Adam Reese. What a dickhead. <laughs> Raylene, you know what to do with the turbo button? You've driven this thing before? Okay, Joel, are you comfortable? Uh, Oh, man, am I? All right, Raylene. Set the timer for 15 minutes. All right, right. And action. Whoa. Whoa. uh... Fourteen minutes and 30 seconds later... (laughs) <laughs> oh Jesus! Jesus! Help! Jesus! Forgive me! Jesus! Forgive me! Jesus! Forgive me! Jesus! Forgive me! Oh! 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 Really? I, I, I think this is too much. I don't think I can handle it. Raylene, switch it to setting two. Oh my goodness gracious me! Oh my holy macaroni and cheese! Oh, shut it off! Shut it off! Ray, shut it off! Raylene. <laughs> Yes, Ray. Stop laughing and press the turbo button quickly. I think I've got a cunning plan. That wasn't the turbo? Oh, holy mackerel, that was only six horsepower? Oh, oh, oh. I, I, I give up, I give up. You can have the Twitter handle. Just shut it off, Ray. Holy hangy, holy hangy. Before you clean up this mess. Why am I cleaning it up, Ray? Because you still have a job. We outmaneuvered him. He took that corner too hard. This is starting to feel like one of those awkward blind date situations. Like he was just trying to get us together or something. I, I'm flattered. I'm... Then transferred to Ray via Deepak. <laughs> We're bringing Deepak back, huh? <laughs> yes, we are. Maybe Ray has his own cock ring. <laughs> and when I say maybe, I mean definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
See, this is the good thing about dealing with facts. For a second, and and just reflect on what my life has become. It's (laughs) (laughs) and I'm talking to an American and an Australian, deliberating on whether or not Ray Comfort (laughs) is happening. I hope that makes the podcast right there, though. I'm I'm just hoping that little excerpt does. Okay, 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 calm the fuck down. Oh shit, I don't know what accent that was. (laughs) (laughs) We never do. Sorry. Sorry, let's do let's do that (laughs) Let's do that again, sorry. Oh, he's in the great comfort Fuck Sorry. Bolivia. (laughs) What do you say? Fuck off Bolivia (laughs) Do we maybe have um both of you come over to the comfort mobile to, to negotiate the, the the trade, and Ray's hooked up to the machine. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, get, he's getting his money's worth out of it while he still can. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, and uh, you know we just hear the the sound effect like from Titanic of this wet hand hitting the window and sliding down. <laughs> What's the butt plug called? I forgot about it. It's eight horsepowers, right? And it's solid okay, gold. Gold plated. Sorry, all, all my butt plugs are manually operated. I'm not quite familiar with those. <laughs> <laughs> don't put that in the podcast. I don't actually have butt plugs. I'm sure, not really into that. Sure, sure. Um, that's true. And anyway, my dad listens to this shit. I've already gotten into trouble for bum sex jokes, so better not put that in the podcast. Okay. When, when you walk over to the car, I'll just have some a sound effect of something like a a backhoe or a trench digger or something. <laughs> and 